From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. Supply chains, you know what? Disappointing. We, you know, we had thought several months back that a lot of these issues would be resolved mid-summer. Now we're hearing, I think, from more companies that it's going to take longer. Yeah. So this will take a few more months, but um, we, sh- again, should start to see uh, supply chain disruptions have less um, impact on inflation over the next several months, but it's just going to be kind of frustratingly uh, slow and, and, and certainly some areas are going to take till the end of the year, it seems. We are back, guys, at the latest LPL Market Signals podcast. Ryan and Jeff, as always. Jeff, just mere seconds ago, I was setting up this backdrop behind me. It was in a box. I had to get out of the box. Long story short, the entire thing just fell on my left foot about about 10 minutes ago. I thought I broke my foot. I thought, oh, Jeff's going to fly solo. I mean, tell the listeners, how heavy is this thing? I mean, this is is a severe injury for old Ryan, is it not? It is. It's like one of those portable basketball goals yeah. that people put in their driveways falling on your foot. Yeah, it. Um, I, I'm in the office. I didn't say any bad words. I wanted to. I probably couldn't even talk. I was like in shock. It's like, oh, my God, I just broke my left foot. But I did not, which uh, well, I don't think I did. I'm standing on it now. I think I'm I think I'm in the clear. But that that woke me up. So let's uh, let's get into it. Jeff, something else woke people up. I want to do a little. Where were you when? There is a flash crash in Europe yesterday. Uh, a lot of European stock markets, I know Sweden specifically, went down nearly 10% right away, and they did come back quickly, kind of like this, uh, the um, flash crash of 2010, May 6th of 2010 here in the U.S. A lot of people might remember that one. Where were you, Jeff, on the day, which is interesting because that's like 12 years later, Europe had their flash crash. Where were you on the flash crash here in the U.S.? Remember it? Oh, I do. I, in fact, I think we might have talked about this on the 10-year anniversary. I think we did, yes. Yeah, so... Um, we were in the middle of an asset allocation meeting, uh, the LPL Research uh, Investment Committee, and we're all looking at each other like, what's going on? Um, we, I think it was around two in the afternoon, yeah. maybe a little later, we, we frankly couldn't figure out what was wrong. So we're like, hey, let's buy some high yield and some ETF models. <laughs> so that's what we did. Uh, we were able to get that trade through really fast. I mean, some shops, it takes you know weeks to get trades from conception to execution we we pulled it off in an hour which was remarkably uh, nimble i think that trade got through at like 3 315 that's uh that's pretty cool i remember i was working on an options research firm in cincinnati ohio one little thing people forget that whole day we were watching greece riots on tv so people were on edge kind of watching greece just kind of literally burn itself to the ground almost with the riots so people the country the whole world's on edge but then the flash crash started um i just remember looking at bid ass spreads like the the spreads were just unbelievable in the options market nobody wanted to take any trades like you just said nobody knew what was going on so it was just truly um amazing but the good thing is you know we've seen flash crashes before i hate to say it we might see another one with all the computers that are out there um you know all the automatic trading that happens but still um just know that usually uh you know things can come back, but those are days that wake you up. And Jeff, we've had a lot of those lately days to wake us up. This week in the LPL Market Signals podcast, we're going to talk about sell in May, go away. Very popular concept. Um, you know, the worst six months of the year, we'll dive in there. We're going to start, though, talking about the worst start to year in a long, long time for stocks and one of the worst starts to year for a long, in a long, long time for bonds. 
um, kind of what does it all mean and where can we go from there? And then we'll talk about selling may go away. Then just kind of a fun little roundup. I don't even know where I, I mentioned to Jeff before we went live. So I just got a picture of Jerome Powell. So we're just going to talk about the Fed and the economy, maybe some yields, whatever, wherever we go on the final concept. It's kind of a, a potpourri of discussion of kind of what we're seeing out there. Um, all right, Jeff. So I'm going to start it off. You're the equity strategist as of the end of April. So it feels like, uh, I don't know. It's, you know, by the way, Jeff, it's May already. Can you believe that? Hard to believe, but frankly, given what's happened in markets, I'm ready to move on to June or maybe even July. <laughs> I, I kind of agree with you. Yeah. Even like yesterday. So, oh, by the way, and thank you for people who give us suggestions. We are recording this on Tuesday, May 3rd. We're recording this the morning of Tuesday, May 3rd. Saw a nasty start to the month yesterday. Then you look up at the end of the day and stocks are up a lot. A lot of volatility. Only one day, but at least for the first day of May, we did have something called green on the screen. But Jeff, as of the end of April, the S&P 500 was down 13.3%, the one of the worst starts to year since 1939. If you look at uh, historical data on the S&P 500, the Barclays Ag, well-known bond fund, uh, your average bond fund, that's like one of the worst starts that's ever had as well. Talk to me about kind of why you think this is happening. And, um, you know, next slide, we'll talk about where we're going next. Maybe just talk about why you think it's happening. Yeah, well, first, uh, anytime you say it's the worst since the Great Depression, you know it's bad. That's true. <laughs> right. Let's get that out there first. But, you know, our contrarian alarm bells go off, right? This is so bad, uh, frankly, how bad this start has been that, um, you know, we're likely to, to turn around, I think, uh, and probably turn around fairly soon, or at least complete the bottoming process. Um, you know, the market is struggling with the adjustment to a very aggressive Fed and a much higher interest rate regime with a smaller Fed balance sheet. Mm -hmm. Remember, not only are we going to get rate hikes, we're going to get tightening of uh, the balance sheet, reduction of bond purchases. Well, those are gone now and, and they're going to start selling. So um, this is tough adjustment. You've seen it in the 10-year yield spike up over 3% for the first yeah. time in over three years. Uh, so rates and stocks are tied together. Right now, stocks are you know, throwing a tantrum because they don't like what's going on with bonds. No, they, they absolutely are. I mean, you know, again, this is historical in terms of usually when stocks pull back a lot, you're going to see bonds pull back a lot. It's like one of the first times in history where the S&P 500 is in a correction while the Barclays Ag is also in a correction. So just uh, really interesting um, and devastating in, in a lot of ways. But, you know, Jeff, one of some of the concepts you and I talked about a lot on this. Now, did, did LPL Research think we'd you know have one of the worst starts to year ever? No, we, we didn't think that necessarily. But we said, hey, this is after 100 and something percent rally. It's the midterm year. Maybe we're on record saying a 10 to 15% correction sometime this year. It's easy to say that when on January 2nd, you're making all time highs. Oh, I'll be on the lookout for a 15% correction. You know, it makes sense. Okay, that's fine. And then it happens, right? And then it happens in your portfolios and all the feelings that come with it. But again, we're in that range. I mean, Jeff, you know, talk to me a little bit about um, bear markets and recessions. I mean, can you have a bear market without a recession? Uh, usually it seems like the biggest pullbacks are in a recession. So to talk, talk about those concepts with me here. Yeah, sure. Um, so you can have bear markets without recessions. I mean, 87 is 87. probably the one that gets the most attention. Yeah. Uh, we pretty much had a bear market in late um, 18 with the mm -hmm. Fed. Uh, well, there, there it was again, kind of a uh, a tantrum that the market threw because the, the you know, stocks thought that bonds or the Fed was being too aggressive back then. We pulled back on the S&P about 19.5% or so. Uh, so you can have these big declines at or more than 20% uh, 
around, uh, uh, you know, fed tantrums, mm -hmm. if, if you will. Um, but they're very rare. Um, I think, Ryan, you know these numbers as well as anybody. I think probably about 20% of the time, maybe a little less. Uh, when you have a bear market, you have no recession right. uh, accompanying it. And I think that the the average decline for the S&P 500 in a recession is like high 30s right. percent, right? But if you don't get one, it's and you're in a bear market, it's really you know barely bigger than 20% on average. Yeah, no, that's, I, that's more likely what we're going to see now. If we get to the 20%, odds probably favor not in our view, but if we get there, it's probably not going to go much further than that. Yeah, that's why this is such an interesting market we're in because the S&P's you know, pulled back about 14% peak to trough, a little bit of a bounce on Monday. Um, but you know, your median S&P 500 stock is in a bear market. The NASDAQ is in a bear market. Some of those former high flyers, Zoom, Teladoc, some of those names have been not just cut in half. I mean, you're talking, you know, down 70% or so. Um, some just amazing, amazing pullbacks in, in a lot of different names. And then you're not getting the safety that bonds usually provide. So investors obviously are a little bit on edge, but you're right. I mean, 2011, we had right about a 20% correction, didn't quite get there. And I get it. People say, why is it 20% for a bear market? I don't know. That's just what was, that's what people called it way before I started the industry, in the, in the industry, but you just got to make a, a call somewhere, but nearly a bear market 2011, nearly a bear market December, 2018. Um, 2011 was the US debt downgrade and some major European uh, concerns and slowdowns. Uh, 18, of course, was again, the, 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 oh, what do you want to call it? The, 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 the market is sort of fit, I guess we'll say for that one final rate hike in 2018. Um, but again, usually you're not going to go much lower than 20% if you're not in a recession. We're going to talk about the economy near the end. We still don't think we're in a recession. Uh, two weeks ago, um, Jeffrey Roach, we're starting to call him Jeffrey and Jeff Bookbinder, Jeff, maybe that's how internally we're going to know who we're talking about. But Jeffrey Roach joined two weeks ago on the podcast and said he you know, still didn't see the likelihood of a recession this year. So, Jeff, um, I want to pull up now. I'm going to jump, skip one chart. We're going to go to your favorite chart. And I think we might even talk about this last week. Honestly, I can't remember, but it's such an important concept. We're going to do it again. This is on the YouTube channel. But, Jeff, describe what is what we're showing for your favorite chart here. Yeah, so the uh, the blue bars are just the annual returns of the S&P 500. So you see a lot of ups, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a few downs and a few big downs, but but mostly ups. And then the little diamonds are the max drawdown in that given year. Yep. So the biggest peak to trough decline. So right now the biggest peak to trough decline, I think, is 13.9%. Yep. Right? So uh, interestingly, the average peak to trough decline maximum in a given year uh, at least back to uh, 1980, is right around 14%. So this is average. So you could draw the conclusion that that means we're going to get an average year, right? And an average year would be up high single digits on stocks. That's certainly possible. Our forecast is for a little less than that, more like mid-single digit returns. But still, um, you know, you could argue we're on track for an average year, and average is good. And it, it doesn't feel average, let's be clear, but I think that's why this chart and these concepts are so important. You go back to 1980, there have been 21 years that had at least a correction. That's a 10% pullback or more, 10% correction or more. Out of those 21 times, 12 of them, so more than half the time, the S&P managed to finish the year higher. Here's This is incredible, and I double-checked it because I didn't even believe it when I found it. Those 12 times the S&P came back to finish higher, the average final return at the end of the year was 17%. You're telling me there's, a, you know, Jim Carrey, right? You're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance we can go from where we are now down, you know, 12, 13, 14% year to date, approximately, um, to all the way up to 17. Feels like a really far way away. 
not our base case, but history would say is actually uh, possible, you know, and even you could argue maybe potentially likely, although again, we'll, we'll follow it, but just be aware that that is um, pretty incredible. But yeah, this is a chart that we've shared uh, in our latest weekly market commentary. Go to LPL.com, scroll down just a little bit. Uh, Jeff said many times it's his favorite chart, and I think it is, it tells such a good story that listen, we were spoiled last year with a 5% correction. Stocks go up 30%, give or take, total return basis. We were due for some volatility, due for some frustration. It's a midterm year. The first three quarters of a midterm year historically are just that, kind of weak, kind of choppy. Then it's the fourth quarter you get the upward bias and potentially if the economy starts to pick up the second half of this year. Maybe the Fed, we'll talk about the Fed in a little bit, but I'll just cheat a little. Maybe some of the inflation comes back down. Maybe we don't get nine rate hikes like it's being priced in. Some of these things can drive markets higher when all is said and done. Final thing, Jeff, on this conversation, I'll take it because I, I did this on Twitter as a pretty popular tweet. I just looked at the 10 worst starts year ever. Again, 2022 down 13.3% at the end of April, first four months of the year. Third worst ever only, and these aren't the best years to talk about, 1932 and 1939 started off worse. But looking at the 10 worst starts the year ever, here's the good news. The rest of the year, so that's the final eight months, is up 10% on average, median return of almost 13%. Compare that with the average year, just pick a random year, the average year, the rest of the year, the final eight months, up about 5% and median about 6%. So about double the average returns. I guess it kind of makes sense. We know stocks usually go up. They don't always go up, but they usually do. So if you have a bad start, that rubber band gets stretched, maybe you can have a slingshot back um, and potentially get there. So Jeff, I mean, you know, it feels like just break even's a mile away, but our ba our um, fair value target, I believe is what, 4,800 to 4,900. So that would be, you know, several medium, um, um, you know, four or 5% gain for the year. You think it's still possible right now? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we need help from inflation. Yep. But uh, we we still believe in that. In fact, we we took it down from five thousand to fifty one hundred not long right. ago. So that is a pretty fresh target. And um, you know, even though maybe the start to the year has been a little worse than we expected, mm -hmm. uh, the macro environment we think is poised to begin to improve here uh, very soon. We may not hear it from Powell tomorrow, but we will we think see evidence of improving inflation trends uh, very soon. Mm -hmm. no, absolutely. So um, two pieces of good news, I guess. We'll take a little break. We're going to talk Selame, go away in a second. My left foot is starting to feel a lot better <laughs> I, I, compared to what it felt like 20 minutes ago. I didn't think I'd even be able to stand during this podcast. So, so that's positive. And the other positive news, Thurman. Remember a week ago, I guess we recorded last Monday. Last Monday, I mentioned my dog Thurman, my 15-year-old dog who's just He's old, he's deaf, you know, barely see. Um, he, he wasn't doing good. He literally would lay on the floor and he just couldn't stand up. Like he couldn't, I had to lift him up, take him outside. He just kept falling over. Well, here, this is kind of funny. So I'm going to share you guys what we think happened. He has something called like, um, I forget what it's called also, like night timers or something. But long story short, when the sun goes down or day timers or sun, uh, anyway, someone can tell me what exactly it's called. When the sun goes down, he loses his mind. He gets disoriented. He can't sleep. He's running around the house panting. You know, that kind of happens with older dogs sometimes. Um, so we give him some medication to help him sleep. My wife was out of the medication. Uh, this was again last Sunday, I guess. So she gave him some other things that she has to help her sleep. She's given it to him before. You see where this is going. He's on some other med. I spend hundreds of dollars a month on this, this dog to keep him alive. I mean, it's amazing. So he's on some other new medication. You mix these two medications together and you know what happens? 
you get a zombie dog, <laughs> one that can't walk, one that can't do anything. So last Monday when I literally thought, okay, kids, I mean, the kids were like crying. They told him goodbye. We thought we had to go take him to sleep. All of a sudden he kind of shook out of it. We've determined, we, oh, it cost me $75 to call like, I don't know, CDC or something um, to confirm. Yeah, if you mix this and this, you get a sleepy dog. So we just knocked our dog out like nobody's ever seen last Monday. And he's hopping around doing pretty good. So I get to keep spending hundreds of dollars a month on all the medicine for him. Jeff, isn't that something? <laughs> it's it's weekend at Bernie's in the Dietrich house, but glad it had a happy ending. And yeah. Thurman is uh, one tough dog. That's that's I mean, great. Glad uh, I mean, <laughs> glad he recovered and he's he's doing okay now. Yeah, I mean, he's doing as well as a 15-year-old dog that's deaf and blind can do. You know, I mean, it's it pretty pretty much funny. So I've always got one on my wife now. Remember the time you drugged the dog? You know, anyway. So, all right. So we got some good news there. So in the lines of bouncing back like Thurman has the past week, Jeff, let's talk a little bit about Sell Omega Way. Very widely known discussion. We've done this podcast for years now. Um, we're closing in on oh, how many? Pod- I think we're closing on two hundred podcasts. We're closing on about a million downloads since we started this podcast this summer of twenty seventeen. So really cool uh, milestones coming up. Um, but you know, we've talked Sell Omega Way every time because it's very important because the media is all on it. It is what it is. On the YouTube channel, we're sharing historically these six months, May to the Halloween up less than 2%, the weakest six months on average. We just left the best six months on average. Jeff, I mean, maybe I'll ask you this, then we'll get into what we think could happen. Why in the world is it? I mean, I I could talk to 10 people, I'm not even sure. Why are these next six months the worst six months you think? Well, part of it is, yeah, I think there's some economic sensitivity, cyclicality. Um, So you tend to see better economic performance in, you know, Q4, Q1, Uh, that's, partly related to people going on vacation, certainly in Europe, people go on vacation during the summer. That's probably part of it. And I've also seen people tie it to the tax cycle. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if there's any merit to that, but um, it's kind of hard to explain. It's probably a combination of things. Yeah, I think I've also heard a lot of hedge funds have their end of year fiscal year in like September. So that's kind of in there. If they're going to do some selling ahead of time, you sell ahead of that. But, you know, I think it is more of a, well, let's just be clear. It hasn't been working lately. Um, so maybe there might have been some old school cyclicality to it or about the fact that everybody starts talking about it, it stops working. Um, nine of the last 10 years, these worst six months were higher. Only 2015, when we had a manufacturing recession, we had an earnings recession, we had China and major problems, were stocks, U.S. stocks lower these six months by only 0.3%. The other nine times the last 10 years, Stocks have done well overall during these worst six months of the year. So, Jeff, I guess that's the question. I think I know your answer. We've hinted at it. Do you think we could have another strong sell and may go away period here the next six months? Oh, I'd, I'd be surprised if we're not higher during yep. that period this time. You know, how much higher is hard to say. Again, it depends on inflation. Probably going to be back end loaded. I think we even before this correction, I think we were saying that we were set up for a back end loaded year. Yep. Right. Because of the right. midterm election pattern in part. Um, and, and frankly, that's going to it's going to take that amount of time for the market probably to get comfortable with the Fed, inflation, supply chains, China, COVID problems, right? All of these things, they're just going to take uh, some time to work through the Ukraine war, certainly a piece of this. So, um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, investors are going to have to be patient. Uh, but as we did in a blog last week on LPRresearch.com, you know, patience is rewarded much more often than not. So, um so yeah, hard, it's hard to imagine a down six months following what we just experienced. But to get that, you'd have to see really high probability of recession. We don't think we get it, but 
it's certainly possible and you you know you can't totally uh, dismiss the risk. No, absolutely. So yeah, so Cell Omega Way is here. Um, we did write about it again in our recent weekly market commentary. We, we would take the um, the no. We think uh, you probably wouldn't want to sell Omega Way this year. There could be some potential gains the next six months. All right, Jeff, we're going to talk about the Fed for a few minutes and then a little bit about earnings and the economy. The Fed, again, this is, I guess you could say the big event this week. My take maybe isn't that big of a deal because the Fed's been very clear, I think, uh, you know, kind of saying what's out there. Jeff, my question to you, we're hearing some grumblings. Maybe, just maybe, there could be a 75 basis point hike on Wednesday. That'd be tomorrow from the time we're recording this. What do you think the chances of 75 are? Yeah, I mean, I'm not our chief Fed watcher, but mm -hmm. if there's one thing I've seen over the years is that the Fed does not want to shock the markets at the last minute. Right. Right. I know the Fed, really active Fed watchers, the fixed income folks would agree with that. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, in my mind, the odds of that are very low here. I now, could, they could guide to that next time, next meeting, right. right? Or leave the door open to that next meeting. But uh, I would be very surprised if they did that on uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, and I tend to agree. I mean, our base case here at LPL Research, 50 basis points now, which would be tomorrow, probably 50 basis points in June, six weeks from now. Then the Fed will take a look around and say, okay, is inflation coming down or not? We have, we've talked before, we've seen some baby steps in the right direction. <clears throat> Core CPI month over month, the lowest since last September. We've seen some pretty big drops in used cars, some big drops in shipping prices. Trust me, it's not perfect if we continue to see historically high inflation, but we are seeing what we're saying, maybe light at the end of the tunnel, not a train coming at it and inflation can peak over the next several months or so. Uh, one of the things Jeffrey Roach pointed out a couple of weeks ago, as quickly as inflation went up, just remember, because it's year over year, a lot of times it can come back down fairly quickly as well. So by the end of the year, we think inflation can be around 4% or so, which is still you know kind of high historically, I guess, for the world we've lived in the last 15 years. But at least it's not the over 8% we're seeing with CPI uh, right now. So Jeff, we've got a couple minutes to go. Let's talk about earnings season so far and the economic data that we've seen lately. I'll just go with this, Jeff. I mean, stocks are selling off. It's earnings season. Maybe the earnings have been good, 80% of beat, but stocks are selling off. We've had some really high profile big names miss, I guess, specifically, I'm thinking the big uh, tech names. What's your take? How's earnings look so far? Yeah, it, it's certainly in line with my expectations. Um, we've gotten um, you know a few points of upside so far, depending yep. on how you scrub the non-recurring costs uh you know some shops are saying we're up 10 percent. it's kind of unclear as to which is better but um Jeff, you know, 10 is but 10 is better than seven i i know that answer so yeah i'm not very yes. smart but i know 10 which is, is it's on yes it's unclear which is more representative of the real earnings power of corporate america there let me go. clarify that <laughs> so um you know whatever we'll call it seven eight percent is where we're on track to do and, that, and that's a pretty good number growth number off of a pretty good quarter a year ago. Yeah. And we know all the challenges. We've talked uh, about them over and over again, but certainly the cost pressures are intense. But I've been pretty impressed with how consumer staples companies have managed yeah. uh, cost, cost pressures. Maybe not today with Clorox numbers, but um, in general, they've handled them pretty well. That's an area where you would think the cost pressures would be the hardest to manage. But you're right, you know, markets didn't really like no earnings growth out of the fan mag or whatever you want to call it the big mega cap tech names in aggregate didn't grow earnings at all. Uh, so that's kind of a tough pill for the markets to swallow, but the rest of the market's actually doing pretty well. And by the way, don't forget financials are a huge drag in yep. large part because the banks 
released um, loan loss reserves, which drove profit growth a year ago. That's not being repeated. So um, if you take out the financials decline in earnings, which by the way, have been better than expected, uh, you end up with mid-teens uh, earnings growth year over year. That's that's really strong, certainly driven by energy, but but really strong. And then last quick thing, estimates have risen. Not much, but they have risen. Uh, mm -hmm. As companies have reported, that is a really positive sign that um, that uh, we'll, we'll have a pretty good near-term outlook for earnings. And maybe our estimates are too low uh, for S&P 500 profits this year. So let me get this straight. If you take out the worst performing earnings, overall earnings get better. Is that what you just said? You know what? Shockingly, it works the other way around, too. If you take out the best earnings, which are energy, you right. get worse. So maybe it's fair to just take out energy and financials and just look at what's left. And what's left is pretty good, close to 10%. Isn't that called a median? Isn't that what the median does, right? It takes out the extremes. But yeah, so overall earnings, I think, have been positive. Clearly, the market's reaction hasn't been great. I just want to spend a minute or two on GDP. We saw a negative GDP print late last week, down 1.4%, a little bit weaker than expected. Just remember, 2011 and 2014 saw negative, same ballpark, uh, negative prints. The second quarter, both those times, saw pretty big bounce backs, 2.7% um, and 5.2%. We think we can have another nice bounce back the second quarter here. And for the year, we still see 3% GDP. We do not see the economy falling into recession. As you peel back the onion, Jeff, as you say, a big chunk of why GDP was so low and so weak was because of trade. Trade took away 3.2% from GDP. But if you look at consumer spending, housing, and private uh, sector investment, those were up 3.2% versus 2.4% late last year. In other words, some of the more important parts of how your economy is doing were pretty solid in that GDP number. Now, again, that's looking backward. It's all about looking forward. But so far, corporate America, we think, has had a pretty positive view on uh, the economy. Jeff, what have you heard? We, we probably got to wrap it up because Jeff and I do have a team meeting. I don't know. When, Jeff? Let's see here. Literally right now. <laughs> Literally right now. Uh, what are you hearing from supply chain? Let's, let's finish this up with supply chain. What you're hearing this earnings season, then we're going to sign off. Well, first, um, I mean, it's it's more your podcast than mine, so I guess you can do this. But you just gave me a hard time about taking out the bad stuff with earnings, and then you just took out the bad stuff with GDP. So how is that fair? <laughs> I um, guess that when you I got 100,000 Twitter followers, I guess you can do that. I am in it. Listen, listen, I thought I broke my foot about a half hour ago. Anything I say, don't believe me, because I was like delirious with pain when we started this podcast. So that's my disclaimer. Put an asterisk next to anything I just said, compliance. I think I did okay, but yeah, anyway, yeah. That's my that's what I that's my defense. <laughs> are are you medicated yet? No, I'm not. I was making a, I was thinking about should I make a joke about that or not? But no, I did not. I was gonna take some Tylenol. I did not have time. I don't even have any, but I think I'm okay. I don't think I need any Tylenol right now, um, based what I what was feeling like right now. But no medication for me quite yet. <laughs> okay, good. We compliance probably likes to hear that. Yes, um, yes. so um supply chains, you know what? Disappointing. We you know, we had thought several months back that a lot of these issues would be resolved midsummer. Um, now we're hearing, I think, from more companies that it's going to take longer. Mm -hmm. I mean, you heard from Apple, right? Four right. to eight billion dollars uh, this quarter. And, you know, Apple's probably as good of a uh, problem solver of complex supply chain problems as there is out there. And so, if they're taking that kind of a hit, you know, it's a real problem. Yeah. So this will take a few more months, but um, we sh again should start to see uh, supply chain disruptions have less. Um, impact on inflation over the next several months, but it's just going to be kind of frustratingly uh, slow. And, and, and certainly some areas are going to take till the end of the year, it seems. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no doubt. And we're going to continue to watch it. But guys, we are going to wrap things up in the latest LPL Market Signals podcast. Thanks to Jeff, as always, for a good discussion. Thanks to Neil, our producer, for helping us get this out there. Thanks to you guys, the listeners and watchers on our YouTube channel. Uh, we'll keep doing them as long as you keep listening to them. If you want to help us, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a positive review. That does help. Um, and we'll just keep doing it. And with all that, let's hopefully have some hopes, not a strategy, but let's hope for some green. <laughs> let's, uh, let's hope for some green for a change here. It's been a rough, rough start to the year. But guys, we'll be back next week with the latest podcast. We'll see you then. Take care. Thank you. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarded the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.